It's just a creepy movie. It definitely creeps you out for sure. Somebody has to be perfect, so it might as well be. <laughs> Talk about deja vu. You live to tell the tale. You gotta think like a werewolf. It's the Slashers and Screamers Podcast. Welcome to Slashers and Screamers. I am one of your co-hosts, Billy Graves. So without further ado, let me go ahead and get my fellow co-hosts in here. Start off with the godfather of droll, (laughs) James. Welcome, sir. Hello. (laughs) What's up? What, what are you up to, James? <clears throat> well, I've just been over here working. Yeah, yeah. I bought yeah. me a sprayer. A sprayer? To go, on, a, to go on the back of my four-wheeler. Well, Lord knows you have to spray things when you're riding your four-wheeler. Well, what, what are you spraying? Well, I'm going to spray uh, the yard for fleas and ticks and other creepy crawlers. Yes, yes. And then I'm going to spray the fence rows and kill some vegetation, Bill. Oh, the bad kind. Okay. Well, that's good, James. I mean, you've had a pretty busy day today, but I know you've been pretty busy with your football. I I ain't got my damn sprayer put together yet. Well, have one of the football kids put it together. They ain't got good sense, Bill. Well, it's probably because you're having to bang their heads together every day. Well, how was spring training? Was spring training good? Spring practice went off without a hitch, Bill. We went over to your hometown and Whooped up on them little kids you got. Well, hang on, James. I moved they here know, well after the fact. They didn't know which way was which when we showed up. Well, they didn't know to begin with, okay? Talking about two one-horse towns in Portland and Westmoreland, Tennessee, okay? We've got, what, 12,000 people between the two towns? Well, it was a not... battle of the midway, Bill. Was that what it was? <laughs> okay. Well, let's get our other co-host, Final girl Casey in here. Greetings, Casey. Hello. And how has your week been? Um, not bad. Not bad. Uh, you know, just looking forward with every moment to this. Okay, so we don't have very high aspirations in life, so (laughs) that's... that's If this was all I had to look, I'd cry myself to sleep every night. (laughs) Yeah, well... (laughs) Welcome to my world, James. Welcome to my world. I'll also have you know they didn't score one damn touchdown, Bill. Oh, so we're still in football. That's good, though. I mean, James, I'm, I'm proud of you. I actually spoke to the the, the head coach of the Portland High School uh, program the the night that the, the, the local wrestling event was here at the high school. They was shaking in their boots because they could see James Brown coming over the horizon down 52. Yeah, with his with his red and one shorts on and his camouflage <laughs> r- real tree mud boots on, and them damn Randy Savage shades. <laughs> you you don't wear those on the sideline, do you? Uh oh, yeah, I have uh, before. I don't think I wore them. I don't think I wore them Thursday. I think I wore them something else. No, I did wear them like yep. on the sideline while calling plays. You damn right. That's what I looked at my offensive play sheet with. (laughs) 
James. <laughs> Matter of fact, I got a, I got a display that comes up in the the right eye that's got all the plays on it. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> A Terminator. James, <laughs> you you are an embarrassment to me, your family, and this podcast. Uh, gonna, yeah, I'm going to need a picture. I got, listen, I shows. ain't never, I, I can tell you the honest truth. Oh. I have never bought a pair of sunglasses that I've got more compliments for than those right there. <clears throat> I walked into BP. <laughs> just the other day and the cashier said there's some cool sunglasses and i've had them over a year now and uh i still get compliments everywhere i go <clears throat> they are pretty spectacular james they are spectacular spectacles and i need a picture of them so we can put them up on the the slasher uh social medias <laughs> Well, the both of you have to be pretty bummed out that uh, we don't have the Memphis Maniac Rick with us this week. We miss you, Rick. We do. He was too miss much you. of a maniac through the week to show up today. Yeah, he's uh, he's laid up, sick, probably playing a harmonica, trying to shame his wife into making him some soup or something. I wish I could miss a damn day of taping, Rick. Taping. You could. I mean, you could, James. No. I'm the damn, whatchamacallit, Iron Man, Bill. I'm like Bo Jackson. He got injured in his career ended early. Podcasting. Yeah, yeah. Bo Jackson got injured in his career ended early. You probably mean Cal Ripken, but you don't want to give any credit to any any baseball players, I'm sure. You don't even know the half of it, Bill. Oh. James is the glue that holds this podcast together. I'm the official committee representative for the parks and recs for the football team league well you need to start putting up slashers and screamers flyers mm-hmm. around the parks get some so listeners to this thing i'm comedian i'm footballing farming and podcasting you're a you're a damn renaissance man is what you are you're danny devito that's right bill mm. i'm all over the place yeah you with you know what understatement of the year and you i ain't missed a damn I ain't missed a damn minute, Bill. No, <laughs> you haven't, and uh, <laughs> I applaud you for it. I salute you. James, you are appreciated. You are indeed the glue that we're all sniffing. Crazy glue. <clears throat> Gorilla glue, if you may. Elmer's well, glue. Yeah, well. Guys, a bit of sad news. Um, over the weekend, we lost um, actor Fred Ward. Who, uh, I saw that. Yeah, very sad. Uh, if uh, you know the horror community, might remember him as I believe was his name Earl in uh, in Tremors. Ooh, I couldn't tell you his name. I just know him from Tremors. He was uh, he was Stampede Earl. <laughs> Good call, Fred Ward. Man, he was uh, he was one of those guys that maybe he didn't have the most starring roles, but when you saw him. It was uh, always a, a fun time. Tremors was one of the probably my favorite uh, creature features uh, there ever was. And uh, when I think of Fred Ward, I think about the scene in Tremors where they, they've uh, gotten a slight introduction to the the creature, and they're walking across the, the the ground, and he steps off in a hole, and he just screams bloody murder, thinking something's got him, but he just ended up stepping in a hole, and it gets me every time. He was also. 
Remo Williams, baby. He was Remo Williams bouncing off, bouncing off of everything. Fast as could be, man. I might have to rewatch that movie, Remo Williams. I bet Casey has no idea about Remo Williams. You're right. I do not. Well, well, you need to know. If you don't know, you need to know. Well, I guess what we need to do now is uh, talk about what's going on this week in horror, right? Or in this past week. What do we have going on? Like stuff coming out? Sure, yeah. I don't know, Bill. You sent me something, but I ignored it. <laughs> if I can find it. Well, what do we have going on, Casey? <laughs> I like him coaching. Oh, I thought... No, I Coaches thought James shorts. was going to say something. I'm sorry. James is always trying to say something. but <laughs> Okay. I'm about to give me well, some of these shorts right here. Well, I'm looking forward to Monstrous, which is a supernatural one coming out. Um, actually, maybe it just came out. I think it came out this week. Yeah, this um, is uh, these are new releases. <clears throat> that looks so yeah. good, though, doesn't it? Monstrous looks fantastic, and it's got Christina Ricci, who I just love in anything. Oh. Stop. What are you doing? I'm trying to watch this monstrous for me. Well, you you don't have to watch Watch it, James. Watch it later. Casey's telling us about it now. Now's the best time to watch it. Casey. Continue. It's got Christina Ricci, who I just love and has been in a lot of cool things. Recently, I don't know if any of our listeners got into it, but Yellow Jacket, she was a big part of that show, and it was great. But in this movie, um, she and her son are trying to escape from her abusive ex and he's like from what i can tell he's like ever looming over the situation like he might come back but also they end up discovering a monster in a nearby lake yeah and this monster looks uh, from the trailer that i watched just before the pod um this monster doesn't look like it has any type of set form it looks pretty pretty wild to me i'm I'm totally down with watching this film. Um, Ooh, like The Abyss? Something like that. Um, this is a little more uh, lagoonish, but sure. this is a, this looks like a fun flick. Even though it's supernatural, it's not one of those stupid supernatural flicks where Whoa. you just got like humans walking around with painted faces. Oh, I'm a ghost. No, this is uh, some kind of creature that you know looks like it could totally fuck up your day. I'm down I, with it. Looks like it might have some tentacles, Bill. Oh, well, you know, not the tentacle type movie that you're used to watching james but it might you know what also happens uh next week bill what happens next week uh damn not next week you don't even know but the week after next top gun too bill damn it james we've got it (laughs) ladies and gentlemen freddie loggins i'm watching it well, we can, if, there's, we can, if there's any scary movie parts in it, I'm putting it on this damn podcast. <laughs> if I feel even a little bit scared, I'm putting it on this. James, you just put an airplane movie into this pod, and that's the one. Well, that I'm getting y'all just getting y'all tuned up for Top Gun. Okay, so next you, week. So basically, in three weeks, this podcast is going to be about airplane movies only. <laughs> yeah, Iron Eagle all the way. <laughs> I'm picking Point Break. Which has airplane scenes, which is enough. Does it have? Oh, yeah, they jump out. Okay, well, I can go with that. I'll pick airplane. May 24th, Bill. You ever seen a grown man naked? For all you people in Brazil that like Top Gun, May (laughs) 24th. All you people in Brazil that like Top Gun and burritos. (laughs) If you're going to watch Top Gun, you got to have a burrito in Brazil. (laughs) 
So we've also got a film called um, Nightcrawler. Almost said Nightcrawler. This is not Nightcrawler. Um, as a matter of fact, hey, let's jump to Nightcrawler for a second. Did either one of you see Nightcrawler? I love Nightcrawler. That was my favorite movie that came out that year. Was it the about only time the... <laughs> that I could use a Nightcrawler is when I go fishing, Bill. <laughs> yeah. Um, I find them under uh, uh, old wood and stuff, get them out of the ground. But James, we didn't we didn't buy any bait. Just flip over that <laughs> rock, Bill. There's all the bait you need. I got uh, wood panels laid down right now. I'll get my collect my night crawlers. Mm. You're a resourceful man, James. I bet you're the kind of guy that's oh, got too much dirt on it. Just like sucks it off the the night crawler, <laughs> throws them on the hook. Yeah, you nasty bastard. Also. The Nightcrawler and the uh, superhero Nightcrawler. That's what I was asking. Um, that, so so the movie like Nightcrawler is not about Nightcrawler from X-Men? No. I'm sure. Shit. It's about Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, there is a Jake Gyllenhaal Nightcrawler movie, but I think he's just out digging up worms or something. He is not digging <laughs> up worms. <laughs> <laughs> and this is how I bait the hook. It's, this uh, is how I get the biggest worms. <laughs> It's Nightcrawler, the Bill Dance story. God. Okay, that went over some heads. <sighs> I'm going fishing. Um, So we got another film called Nightcrawler coming out, and this one's about a telephone psychic named Clementine Carter. I really appreciate when they've got a, um, what do you call it, when they all start with the same letter? Oh, my darling, oh, my darling, Clementine. That's not how it goes, James. That's what it reminds me of. Well, me too. lost and gone forever. Oh, my darling, Clementine. It's amazing you didn't have a career in singing. Um, you know, when, when I hear you sing, I James. I it, Bill. Well, I mean, it, when I hear you sing, it reminds me, you know, of how talented the original artists really are. Um, what is it called when you've got alliteration? That's what I'm looking for. I like alliteration. Synonyms. Y- yes. Uh, telephone psychic Clementine Carter's pulled into a complex web of mystery when she receives a call from a serial killer. I like these oh. type of movies. Uh, phone booth. Uh, the, the one with Halle Berry. Um, cell phone. Cell phone. Um, but predicting his murders before he commits them puts her into a terrifying game of cat and mouse. I like a good psychic movie, too. Enlisting the aid of her invalid father... And clairvoyant co-worker, more alliteration, they must use their unique abilities to stay one step ahead of a maniac whose unspeakable acts in the present are nothing compared to his past and future. And this one's got uh, Bai Ling, um, Chinese actress from, was it Red Corner with um, Richard Gere? Old Dick Gere? Never heard of her. Fuck. Um... But, you know, this is the second movie that we just talked about that's also got Lou Temple. I don't know if you guys noticed that Lou Temple was in uh, Monstrous, but he's also in um, Nightcaller. Well, you'd think if they're clairvoyant, it'd be pretty easy to stay one step ahead of everybody. Well, that's not really how clairvoyance works, James. You get get some of the info, but not all the info. That's the the, the misunderstood part of being a psychic, and I knew you were going to ask that. Well, that's stupid. Ain't it? I mean, I wouldn't even brag about having half knowledge. Hell, I can halfway tell you about something now. Well, that's me. I can tell you what's going to happen. I mean, Before I bet, it'll happen. Yeah. I bet James is going to clear his throat here in five minutes. <laughs> Do I know it's going to happen? No, but i got an educated guess. James, if uh, 
if you could pick one super power to have, what would it be? Uh, uh, whatchamacallit? Unlimited strength. Oh, you've already got that, James. What about you, Casey? A superpower? Um, mm-hmm. I would probably do the mystique thing and be able to adapt. Okay. She'd be able to eat pizza rolls straight out of the oven. <laughs> That'd be up there. <laughs> Pretty good, James. That reminds me of a joke, though, guys. This is, um, stop me if I've told this one before, but, um, so Superman, he's flying around and, you know, he's, he's looking at window to window, which is kind of creepy, but, um, he sees Wonder Woman laying naked on the bed. So he's like, man, I could use my supersonic speed, get down there and knock that out and get out before anybody knows what happens. So he rushes down there, just bop, 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 and then he's out. He's back out the window, for, and she raises up and says, what the hell was that? And uh, the, <laughs> the invisible man says, I don't know, but it wore my ass out. <laughs> oh, may I've heard that joke before, and I was no to punchline was going. <laughs> Gets there every time, but <laughs> I thought it would, James. Just like old Fred Ward falling in that hole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Oh, my. Casey didn't. Casey didn't seem to appreciate the jokes. That's why she can't be my best friend. James. I, you can go to hell. Hey, this All was right. James's words, not mine. And now you're putting them into. It's not low enough. <laughs> her, her IQ is not low enough to be your friend. <laughs> your IQ. You are too smart to be my best friend, Casey. <laughs> I can only punch downward. I can't punch upward. <laughs> God. Where were we? <laughs> um, I don't I know. I was outside earlier. Got a sniff of honeysuckles. It smelt so good. <laughs> so you rubbed them on your underarms. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Casey. I just um, stood, stood there and smelled it in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, old Jeepers Creepers over here. Um Casey, I, I thought about you when I pulled this next movie out of... Um, well, first, I need to give credit to UpcomingHorrorMovies.com. This is where we're getting well, our info on. Well, you only sent me one movie. Well, yeah, because I wanted you to look into it, but no. You want to just put leave me on red? I'm <laughs> sick of it, James. I'm tired of it. You think just because I've known you for 35 <laughs> years means you can leave me on red? I demand you acknowledge my feelings. I didn't understand what was going on. <laughs> well, a man sends you a link, you click it. <clears throat> Rooney! Casey, <laughs> I, th- I thought about you when I pulled this next movie out. And it's called Shark Bait. I know you love a good shark movie. Um, I do. I know you love movies about being lost in the deep. I but love I- any kind of like animal horror feature. Any and, of be- them. and being consumed by said animal is always at the at the forefront of your fears. Yes. Sounds scary. Yeah. Um, well, this group of spring breakers are enjoying a trip of a lifetime to the sandy beaches of Mexico. As the sun rises after a night of partying, they steal a couple of jet skis. They stole them, guys, so they might have deserved all this. And they race out to sea, but bravado and bad decisions, more alliteration, bravado and bad decisions, lead to a terrifying accident. From the that sounds like a Saturday night for me, Bill. That's just a regular... Hell, James, it's really more like a Wednesday for you. But <laughs> st- stranded miles from shore, the true horror begins when the group realizes they've drifted into shark 
infested waters. Casey's ears perk up with no way back. Sounds scary. With no way back and one friend badly bleeding. And you don't want to be bleeding in the middle of the ocean with sharks around. The group must quickly figure out how to survive the predator lurking in the waters below. This one actually looks really good. It kind of gives me vibes from, uh, what's that one where they fall off the boat and their ladder's way up there and they can't reach it? Oh, um... There was a sequel. Is it Open Water? Open Water. Thank you. Right. Open Water. Do you ever see Open Water, James? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, just know that I'd be dead in five minutes in that movie. That's not one I'm surviving. I'm somebody who can swim a mile, cannot tread water to save my own life. Is that the dumbest thing in the world? Why? Actually, Why? Yes. Yeah, I actually, I actually failed a test, a fa- failed a swimming test in boot camp, uh, Navy boot camp, obviously, because there's a lot of water. Um, one of our tests was tread water for a minute or two minutes and then swim a lap around the pool. I, the, the, the lap could not have gotten there fast enough. I cannot tread water, but I can swim in a straight line for, you know, <clears throat> could anyway. I can't say I can, but... I could back then could swim in a straight line for forever, but can't just like float there um, and stay above water. How can you not? I don't understand how you can't tread water. You know what, Casey, you want to fucking judge me? No, I'm just, I'm genuinely don't, don't holler surprised. Cause like, I don't know what would, mm. Mm. it's a I'm tough one, to Casey. Out... If, if I could also, if I could figure it out, I would not have failed the test. I no, would fail yeah. this test today. I don't know why I can't tread because the thing is, you're not. It's not just you in an endless, you know, pool of water. There's you know, fifty other sailors doing it as well. So it's not like I can just like swim around for a little bit. I have to be in like basically one little three by three area of water and keep myself afloat. Mm. Yeah, Sounds like a lot. You know, what, James. <clears throat> I tell only the truth here. And another truth is the film Homebound. Uh, this is the last one that I pulled out, but uh, this is a UK horror flick. A uh, trip to the countryside turns frightening for a father and his new fiance when they arrive to find his ex-wife is missing and the kids acting strange. I don't really know how to compare this one to anything else uh, unless uh, we're talking about The Visit. Remember The Visit from Shyamalan? I do. I did not love that one. You didn't love it? I like that one quite a bit. What did you not like about it? Um, the Other younger than grandma boy, showing her ass all the time. You think I didn't like that? Well, okay. Um, the younger boy was incredibly annoying to a point where it took me out of the movie. And I also have a propensity to feel anxious around old people anyway. So I don't typically enjoy movies where the villains are old people. Yeah, um... Like, I've never watched The Taking of Deborah Logan because I'm genuinely scared of that concept. Like, before she's even taken, right? It's like, this old Kinda, woman is yeah. hideous. Um, well, yeah. um, this kind of gives me the vibes from that movie. Um, maybe, I mean, here's the thing. The guy's going to recognize his own kids, okay? So there's no mistaken identity there. But the kids are acting strange. Um, it almost starts out, or at least a trailer anyway, it makes it seem like it starts out with some teenagers maybe really not taking to the new girlfriend. But, yes, there's something to miss here, and it looks like a really, really cool flick that I might have to check out. Tom Goodman Hill, uh, Ashling Loftus, and Rafaela Chapman star in this one. And it, all these flicks that we just talked about, they are out right now. Right <clears throat> now. So, 
check them out wherever you can. And once again, thank you to UpcomingHorrorMovies.com for the fine summaries of these new releases. So James, this, uh, this flick we're reviewing today, Shadow in the Clouds, this was your pick. Why? It's wild, Bill. Wild. It is wild. It is very I wild. thought it was a pretty good movie, Bill. Well, you know, it's, it's like you didn't sit on this one for very long, though. Um, you, you basically were told, hey, it's your turn to pick a movie, and you said, oh, shit. And then you said, hey, let's do this one. You didn't sit and think about it very long. So I think this is something you'd seen recently. Well, I mean, it's a 2020 flick. So, of course, you probably saw it pretty recently. But so you saw it probably around the time that I told you, hey, it's your turn to pick a flick. Am I wrong? I think I seen it probably two or three weeks before you said anything. Okay. And it's and it stuck with <clears> you for those three weeks. Maybe. Yeah, I've been trying to get you to watch it for a month. Well, hang on, Jane. Don't, well, no, I'm. we're not doing this, all right? We are not doing this. I'm not playing your little reindeer games. You only saw it a couple, three weeks before, and you've been trying to get me to watch it for a month. Math don't add up, even my Westmoreland, Tennessee math. So what gives? This doesn't seem like the type of flick that you would bring forth to the podcast, James. Why wouldn't I, Bill? Well, it's got airplanes and monsters, World War Two. Okay. You know, like I like a good period piece, Bill. Period piece, yes. Um, this is definitely uh, 18th century France. But any period, Bill. Any period. 2020 doesn't matter. Well, guys, uh, this one has one of my favorite young actresses in Chloe Grace Moretz. Casey, Billy, you got to be down with Chloe Grace, right? I I like her. Yeah. Just kind of give or take, take or leave. Uh, or are you a big fan? No, I think I don't. I wouldn't say I, like, go out of my way to see her movies, but the ones I've seen her in, like, I thought she was likable enough, you know? Okay. Well, and here's she my does opinion. A good job. I didn't hate, for one, I didn't hate the Carrie remake. I thought Julianne Moore, fantastic, per use. Mm-hmm. And I thought Chloe Grace Matz did a solid job. I would agree with that. Um, my opinion on Chloe Grace is, unlike so many... I mean, it's easy for, you know, guys or I guess anybody who just appreciates the female form um, to say, hey, this young hot actress is, uh, yeah, that's my favorite one. Oh, she's hot. I'm going to Listen, Chloe Grace Moretz looks completely fine. I, I mean, you got to call her the hammer. If, if not her, the, you know, one of the gremlins. But Chloe Grace Moretz is, you know, beautiful young actress. However, I find myself simply loving her acting chops. We've seen her basically mm. go from kick-ass to, um, I'm trying to think of some of the ones that she did when she was a younger, younger Amityville actress. Horror, the remake of Amityville. Thank you, Amityville Horror. Um, then you've 500 got, Days you know, of Summer. The Fifth Wave, um, Let Me In. Again, you said the Carrie remake, If I Stay. She was, she played the, uh, the standoffish teenage daughter in Dark Shadows. I'm she's here to hilarious tell y'all. in 30 Rock. She's in a few episodes of that, and she's really funny in that. Never saw the episodes that she was in in 30 Rock. I'm going to have to check that out. But I'm here to tell you guys, I firmly believe that Chloe Grace Moretz is going to be the next generation's Meryl Streep. Okay? Damn. She's got it. She has got it. Okay? She she looks great. She does uh, d- different type of roles. She doesn't just play the same character in everything that she's in. She's literally growing as an actress before her eyes. And I love her part in everything that I've seen her in. 
maybe not in kick ass. I don't care about, you know, silly flicks like that. But everything she's Bullshit. done. Okay, well You love silly flicks like that. <laughs> I maybe do. not that one in particular. I do. I just didn't I just shit. didn't like I just didn't like kick ass. But Dang, we'll get it together. I'm sorry. But Chloe Grace is gonna be the next Meryl Streep. I'm here to tell you. Uh, Academy Awards are coming her way. Um, then you got Nick Robinson. Don't know much about him, but I know that he co-starred in The Fifth Wave. Um, he was in Jurassic World and The Kings of Summer. Um, He's in, um, uh, what was that cute movie he was in? He's in, oh my God. I can't think of the name of the movie, but it was good. It was the one where he plays a gay character. Um, Love, Simon. He was in Love, Simon. I have yeah, no idea cage. what. <laughs> um, I have no idea what that movie is. It's cute. It's um, I think Jennifer Garner is the mom, and then it's got him and some I don't know other people, but it was a cute movie. So it's not a monologue. Gotcha. Um, okay, so this flick was uh, directed by Roseanne Lang. Um, known most for her writing work on the short Do No Harm. Uh, as well as my wedding, my wedding and other secrets. Um, she's also, you know, going to be writing, maybe directing. I'm not sure what her part in this is, but it's in the uh, the live action adaptation of the animated series Avatar: The Last Airbender, which I did not know this was happening. Did you guys know this? No, I never watched the original show though. You never watched the original. <laughs> no, and my brothers both love it and have been telling me to watch it for years, and I just haven't made it. Well, you know what? Why don't you just um, back out of this one and let's get your brothers on, okay? Because they got a little <laughs> bit more fucking sense than you do. Okay, Avatar The Last Airbender is one of the most fine modern animated shows there ever was. It's they deep. good things. Yeah, it's fantastic. James, where you stand on Avatar The Last Airbender, not the blue people? Huh. I feel like I need to say that because you might try to go in the direction of the blue people. The only no I know. The only thing I know. <laughs> the only no I think. The only no I think I know is that kid had bald had a bald head. Now whether it was for airbender abilities or what, I don't know. Well, his head was more aerodynamic, so yeah, probably. But I ain't never seen a, lo- a lot of it. James, I just need to know something. This is completely unrelated. Why the hell do I get a Facebook message from you that's a meme of a couple of guys standing back to back, pointing guns, and it says, me and my buddy backing out of Cracker Barrel after I called Ronald Reagan a pussy? That was the last time we went to Cracker Barrel. (laughs) Okay. Casey, where do you stand on Ronald Reagan? Just kidding. That would be a longer podcast, actually. I don't know a lot about. I don't know a lot about him. But... <laughs> He's a pussy. <sighs> okay, we don't want to upset Final Girl Mom. She might be a, a Ronnie Reagan fan. We're not going to get into that on the podcast right now. <laughs> Let's call her. What's her? What's her number? She's on vacation. We're leaving her alone. Excuse me. Republicans or Democrats? I think they are split, just like everywhere else. <laughs> So the original screenplay of Shadow in the Cloud was uh, written by Max Landis. I don't know if that's Landy or Landis, uh, but got rewrote though because he's uh, a trillion times apparently, according to Chloe Grace. 
uh, and I believe her. Okay, I don't believe you two, but I believe Chloe Grace. And uh, yeah, so it was heavily rewritten during pre-production um, by our director, Roseanne Lang, due to a lot of allegations made against Landis. So he's a pretty shitty human. Um, Ling and lead star, this is coming from IMDb, I believe. Uh, Ling and lead star Chloe Grace Moretz say Landis was completely distanced from the production and that his screenplay was rewritten several times before filming began. However, Landis claims that about 90% of his script is still his, or of the script is still his. I don't believe I don't believe it, but whatever, you know. Um, you, you read about, you know, these, uh, these on-set personalities and their outlandish behavior and you you kind of hate that it happens especially with well i don't want to say a mostly female cast there's really only one female that i can think of in this whole cast right there's not another one that snuck in there i don't know the uh plus that baby's secretly a girl yeah i don't know about the uh the gremlins either but you know the the animated short at the beginning of this one did that ever look familiar to you guys the animation with the uh the gremlin and the little cartoon guy it did not well it was based on something called private snafu okay snafu stands for situation normal all fucked up and these are military acronyms of course it has to be with such a fucked up acronym but these are basically instructional short videos meant to educate uh you know your enlisted folks um on you know different you know military i guess etiquette Everything from being combat ready to just their daily life. Almost like an instructional. Something easy to watch and not look away from. Um, but, you know, those were made between 43 and 45. So they had, they had to have gotten, you know, the idea just because of the time, you know, the time frame that this film was supposedly set in. And I specifically remember, you know, back uh, when I was a kid watching, uh, you know, this Bugs Bunny cartoon called Falling Hair. And I found this in IMDb as well. Um I remember the the last line of that where the the plane is hitting a nosedive and Bugs Bunny and this gremlin are about to die and it just suddenly stops before it hits the ground. But, you know, Bugs is trying to prevent this gremlin from crashing or otherwise destroying um, his airplane. And, you know, the cartoon is kind of popularized, you know, with... For, for military concerns about quote-unquote gremlins. Now, a gremlin is not a literal term. You know, gremlins were supposed to be any type of flaws in your, you know, in your airplane, in your equipment that was unrecognized. Something that you just didn't have an explanation for. Something misfiring, you don't know why, a gremlin got it. Kind of cool little piece of information. I thought it was cool, Bill. It was cool, and you were probably thinking it was about real gremlins, trying to give me a history lesson on, hey, gremlins took over. Listen, the only gremlins that took over the military were in the form of something called the WASP, W-A-S-P. These are Women Air Force Service Pilots. You know about these, Casey? This might be a really good really good story Honestly, to learn. Honestly, when, when they said WASP, I thought the white Anglo-Saxon Protestant thing, so I had to look it up to see what they were talking about. <laughs> You know how I love a good acronym <laughs> fuck up, right? <laughs> I was like, why do they keep saying that? It seems overdone. <laughs> the Anglo-Saxons. What's, what's worse than a grandma on a plane? <laughs> a woman on a plane. <laughs> a woman oh on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
They need to keep her feet on the ground, Bill. That's right, James. I'm tired of it. I'll keep your fucking feet on the ground. (laughs) I would gladly because I want no place on an airplane anyway. I'll let her fly it. Fuck it. No, but during World War II, I mean, you you read up on it, Casey, but I guess, you know, the the listeners should, you know, be informed as well. Since I was just informed, I, I didn't know this before, you know, we did the podcast today. But WASPs... Women Air Force Service Pilots was created by um, the Air Force, U.S. Air Force. And these pilots would, um, you know, more than uh, 1,100 of them flew military aircraft. Everything from single to multi-engine aircraft, um, from non-combat transport and spotters to fighters and bombers, including like the the B-17, the B-26, and the B-29 bombers. Um, There was a guy named uh, Henry Arnold. I don't know if you read this case, but you'll get some satisfaction out of it. He said that he wasn't sure whether a slip of a girl could fight the controls of a B-17 in heavy weather. Okay, I'm on his side here, Casey. But later on, he ate. Uh, he had to eat his humble pie and admitted how wrong he was. And he said now, in 1944, it is on the record that women can fly as well as any man. They just can't, they just can't park. You know what? I want to start a fight with you. Listen, don't, I don't want to hear shit. Fucking park, so. <laughs> I was going to say, like, yeah, these women can, uh, you know, they can fly out of a hailstorm. But uh, Casey, final girl Casey, can send your Mustang into outer space almost. <laughs> final girl mom used to fly helicopters. I can barely drive a car. <laughs> Listen, James, you'll you'll love this. We were in the office and somebody, I guess, you know, had some work to do and they wanted Casey to move their car from uh, a lease. They had a back issue. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. I was thinking they just, they were on the phones or something. But um, Casey was asked politely to move my car from the upper part of the parking lot down to the lower part so they could have an easier time getting out to their ride during the nighttime. And what happened, Casey? She drove, what kind of car was that, Billy? I believe it was a Mustang. Oh, was it not a Mustang? No, it was a Dodge something. Like a Charger? Maybe. It was like a, it was like a faster looking car than anything I've ever been behind the wheel on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I, at the time, I think I drove a Chevy Cobalt and that car was such a total piece of shit that I wasn't used to like, I don't know, driving a nice car. No acceleration. Um, no acceleration horrible to get the third yeah exactly so i gotta back this car out of the parking spot so i could drive it down to the front of the building and i like hit the gas like i'm hitting the gas for my chevy cobalt (laughs) i came so close to slamming into the cars behind me just like (laughs) knocking them out of the way (laughs) With scared just a, me to death just a tap but of I, the pedal but i texted one of our mutual friends about it and described it as um what was it like flew into the moon uh you said no the the terms that you use were i barely touched this gas pedal and i almost flew into outer space <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and our friend we'll call her Brittany, said um <laughs> <laughs> she laughed for half an hour and she would stop and then think about it and then start laughing again. So that is a story that I always appreciate about you, Casey. Thank you. I'm a bad driver, everybody. 
Well, but Casey's the exception, not the rule, okay? Final Girl Mom's out there flying choppers, okay? So, Final Girl Mom, we appreciate you and thank you for your service. Get to yeah. the chopper. <laughs> Put the cookie down. <laughs> so, the plot of this one, <clears throat> and what I love about this film is, again, 1943. Our main character, played by Chloe Grace Moretz, very modern name. Her name in this film is Maud. It's fucking Maud. Could Maud be the Maud. Chloe Grace of 1943? Oh, yeah, Maud it's Maud. is an actress's name right now. Maud Apatow is doing big shit in Euphoria. Is that a real person's name right now, Maud? Yeah, Judd A young person? Daughter. Yeah, she's, um, I don't know, probably early 20s, maybe? I'll look okay. it up. I believe that because people today are giving their children, um... Like, old-fashioned names? Yeah. Yeah. She's 24. Okay, so early 20s, yeah. Yeah, I call that... Mauled Appleton. <laughs> Euphoria. I have not watched Euphoria. don't think I will, but... I don't think you'd like it. Uh, yeah, I don't think I would either. But Maud Garrett is a female flight officer. And usually the female adjective would not be relevant here, but the treatment that she gets later on does make it quite... Um, you know, need to know. But she's assigned to travel with a top secret document case, I guess, from the Auckland, New Zealand to Samoa flight on this, uh, this bomber. As soon as she gets there, though, she's, uh, you know, she, she witnesses a ground crew ramper, I guess. He just disappears into the night before uh, she, you know, lays eyes on her, her transport, which is a B-17 bomber, christened the Fool's Errand. Now, you always want to name your bomber. It's bad luck to not give your bomber a name. But is this supposed to be an ironic name for the aircraft? If so, I didn't get it. Yeah, I didn't really understand the name here unless they were just saying, like, they were guaranteed to die or something. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, you would think the other side, you know, during that time had kamikaze pilots and, like, those guys were lost causes. You know, not to them, but, you know, they were going to ultimately meet their demise i don't think that was the design here but it does make you wonder especially since you could name this thing anything you want to for your movie you have to wonder does it have some kind of subliminal meaning you know for the plot of our film i was confused by it but wanted to see if you guys had any insight on maybe what it could mean i might have missed something everybody's got blind spots guys i've got more than more than most i don't, yeah, have more I than don't know about that one well well the bomber's crew um doesn't give her a very good welcome they suck. They very much suck. Um, but they put her down in what's called the Sperry. Okay, it's that little chamber underneath, you know, the, the aircraft. Looks like Willy Wonka's Great Glass Elevator. It very much looks like it. But there's no room in there for her and her document bag. I don't believe that whatsoever because she had a lot of mo room to move yeah, around. Yeah, she had some wiggle room. She, she had plenty put of wiggle the, room. the bag in there. Put it in your lap, you know what I mean? If it's that important... And we will find out later why it's so important. But right now, it's a document bag. That's all we know. Um, but she does reluctantly allow the only crew member who's been nice to her, Walter, to hold on to it. Or not really hold on to it, but store it for her. So it's stowed away. Walter's taking care of her, kind of. But everybody else is being pretty shitty. At this point, I mean, we're, we're given very little information about what's going on other than we're going from New Zealand to Samoa. And I'm on this flight with... These shitty dudes, which is kind of what you'd expect from, you know, unsupervised military personnel. I know firsthand. I don't give a fuck. 
But and we yeah. should emphasize she has an accent. She has got an accent, and I don't know really where to nail that accent down from. Um, yeah, it didn't it sound New Zealandy. Yeah, it didn't sound uh, like it was from the outback or New Zealand. Um, it sounded like it could have been British. Um, I don't know all the, I guess, the intricacies of different British accents. It wasn't Cockney, I can tell you that. We need to ask her friend at work. <laughs> She's not there anymore. Is she not there anymore? Damn. Yeah, which means we can talk about her on the podcast now. <laughs> so, okay, so James, you know this, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm going ham. I don't give a motherfuck, okay? James, you know about this. Casey, you know well too much about this. Um, but I but think the audience would like to know. The, about the, this. Okay, the, this is like going to be the best thing. You know, fuck this movie. This is the best thing that really? you're going to hear on. No, I mean, really, this is going to be the best thing that you hear on this <laughs> podcast ever. Okay? <laughs> so, to lay some groundwork, Rick, Casey, and I um, were employed at one time by the same company. And James and I went to the same high school. Oh, um, that's right. So he knows her too. He knows maybe. her too. Yeah, he, he does. So one day, oh, I'm, you know, James, you know. Um, and if you don't remember, you're just going to, you're going to remember in a few. But I'm sitting there minding my business, hacking away at my keyboard, doing my work. And then all of a sudden somebody comes by and says, hey, didn't I know you from school? And like, I heard a slight accent, but... I also remembered that in school, this girl had um, somewhat of a speech impediment, like kids do, okay? Kids always have speech impediments. Like Every kid in the world has had a speech impediment. Um, no kid talks normally. But I thought, hmm, maybe she didn't get it taken care of, okay? So full disclosure, our town was not a very high-income town, okay? A lot of people just made do with what they had, and if your kid's got a speech impediment, you just work through it, Maybe you can't afford to get, you know, speech uh, therapy or whatever. I don't know. Don't judge. So I thought, mm, well, okay. She didn't grow out of the speech impediment and it never got to take care of. Whatever. Um, so I just said, hey, yeah, I remember you. Your name is XYZ. Um, and she says, well, I'll go by XYZ now. Okay, um, cool. You want to reinvent yourself. No problem. So later on, um, it's out of sight, out of mind this point right i didn't think about the girl i didn't think about the speech impediment i didn't think about the accent um one of our other mutual friends um i don't want to call her by her real name so i'll make up one um no I won't. make we'll up just, one that's kind of who is it well we'll, we'll say we'll, one of our mutual friends who is a manager at the company uh we'll call her sally ah. um shut up uh, when uh, Sally comes up and says, so, hello, governor. We've got a new, a new representative, and she's from England. And I said, really? From England? Okay. Uh, yeah, from Liverpool. Okay, cool. Um, so she's from Liverpool. Uh, what is her name? Her name is XYZ. And I'm like, hold the fuck up. We're not XYZ. Uh, we'll call her... Um, Jane. We'll call her Jane is not from Liverpool. Jane is from Westmoreland, Tennessee. How do I know? Because she rode the same school bus I did from the time she was in kindergarten until the time I moved from the home where my school bus picked me up. So no, like my sister and her sister were like the best of friends and ate lunch together every day at school. Uh, I didn't know that until later because I had to call my sister and say, hey, you remember uh, 
Um, Jane. Remember Jane's family? They're not from England, right? I don't think so. Why? No reason. So here I am thinking, like I'm just dumbfounded, and I'm trying to figure out what on earth would make a person completely fake an accent. My first thought was head injury, remember? Your thought was head injury. My thought was maybe trying to uh, escape some childhood trauma want to reinvent herself so i didn't push you know the thing i never went to her and i said and said jane why you know me like you you came up to me and you said hey aren't you billy graves from westmoreland and i said yes so we've determined that we know each other why are you still doing this accent like i don't know you didn't you say another childhood friend of yours called her on it yes another one we're called we'll call her danielle um, called her out on it and said, hey, why the fuck are you doing that? And <clears throat> apparently um, that never got resolved. She just like, you know, shut the fuck up. And, you know, they split ways or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was quite perplexing because I've never, ever known someone to like, sure, change your first name, <laughs> change your last, last name, name. <laughs> change your first name, last name, whatever you have to do to reinvent yourself as a, as a human in 2021, which it was, um, but to invent a whole persona and assign, uh, an accent to it and then give your dad a backstory as well. Well, he's from Liverpool. I'm from here, but you know, my dad's from Liverpool. That just, I was beside myself trying to figure it out. It's attention. She wanted attention. It's because the accent probably, also was wildly inconsistent and not always British. It maybe not, but I remember another friend, we'll call her Jennifer. <laughs> um I couldn't think of a fake one, so we'll just call her Jennifer. Oh, this um, is who I was thinking of before. No. Um <clears throat> Sally sounds like the girl's real name. No no no. The other girl when we were talking, you said Danielle. No, that, I thought you were talking about Jennifer. No, I was not talking about Jennifer. I was talking about gotcha. somebody else that went to school with me. Um, but Jennifer told me one day, she says, hey, she asked permission to go to the loo. And I said, the what? The loo is, oh, I forgot you guys called a restroom. So you've lived and grown up here in Tennessee and you've forgotten that we say restroom here? How embedded into this character have you become? This girl was a trip. A complete trip. And, like, I, I thought, how long are you going to be able to, to keep that facade up? And then, luckily, um, because I work for a department that is on the, uh, I guess, technical side of the company in data analysis, I get to uh, kind of pull calls and listen to the audio for quality issues. And I had to pull some calls to check the quality issues in that accent. <laughs> and um, it came and went. The accent came and went. And I just couldn't understand it for the life of me. I stopped trying to understand it. But it's one of the wildest things I've ever encountered. Bill. Tell me, James. And don't do it in a fake accent. If somebody wants to be British, they can be British. Well, the British probably have something to say What's about that. What's it bothering you, Bill? Because she knew me, James. She came in. Well, in about, what if I come to your house and I'm Brazilian all of a sudden? Oh, you see, James, I think you, you want to be Brazilian. You going to damn say something to me about it? 
Yes, I am. <laughs> you better believe that <laughs> once you close that door behind you, we're having a conversation. And then we're dancing the samba for hours until the night until we're the night is over. Uh, Rochambeau. <laughs> for your balls. Oh, yeah. What's that, um, Brazilian, what's that Brazilian dance fighting? Capoeira? Capoeira. <laughs> Did you yeah. say Rochambeau? <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do capoeira out I want to uh, challenge you to my I want to challenge you to a fight in my heritage <laughs> dance. <laughs> well, you know, you and uh Gabriela Marines can can both bite the bullet cuz I've got nothing on you two with capoeira. But James, yes, there's a problem. If you came up to me in public and just started talking to me in an, a different accent than I've known you for for 30 years, <laughs> Then yeah, oh, I'm gonna it. have questions. What if I? What if you hadn't seen them in a while and they've been overseas or something? Okay, that is another one of the explanations that we came up with. Like, what if this is what happened? Because truthfully, I was stationed in San Diego for a number of years. Right when I came back home, I saw a guy that we went to school with named Wes, and he says, "Hey, where have you been?" I said, "San Diego," and he says, "Yeah, I can tell because I kind of lost my hillbilly accent a little bit." <laughs> Like, maybe I was, I still sounded like a hillbilly to those in San Diego, but to hillbillies like you and Casey, you could probably notice that, you know, I'd been out of Tennessee for a while. So I did, I did consider that. But the problem is the girl had been working at Walmart from the time we graduated high school until that point. So no, it's not going to fly. Anything else, James? I don't guess. Looks like you got it all covered. <laughs> don't hate me, James. Hate the one doing the accent. That's pretty weird, but taste their own. Okay, that, that that's all I wanted to hear from you, James. I'll not stand in the way if somebody wants to be an English person. <laughs> you could have picked a totally different place, though. I would have picked New Zealand. Walk around would like you? a bushwhacker. I would have picked Brazil. Billy just would have done a Bill William Shatner impression the whole time. There's someone on the wing. Something. I'm sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> kind of like this movie. Yes. So there was like something that, uh, you know, you, uh, I guess fast forwarding a little bit, you see the creature out on the, the wing of the plane and that's exactly what comes to mind. Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, it's for those of you who might not be familiar, that's a Twilight Zone episode and it's a really good one. And it's been updated once, you know, since then Shatner did it was back John in the... John Lithgow? Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, Both did bang up jobs in, you know, in their respective... Um, I guess you call them, they're not called skits. Uh, they're shorts though. Um, but yeah, but this so is Maude, reminiscent of that. So reminiscent of it. And like, I may have done a Shatner impression, uh, <laughs> while watching this film, but may while have Maude, definitely did. Okay. Well, you know, uh, words are important. I definitely did multiple times if, if we have to <laughs> get down to it, but while stuck in the turret, um, Maud, you know, she, she sees this creature kind of clinging to the un underside of the, the plane's wing, uh, which she reports to the crew. And do they believe her? No. No. No, because they're a bunch of misogynistic assholes. They are misogynistic assholes. And Beckel actually agree, uh, agrees with her. He, he believes it because I think he sees it. Does he not? Actually, he he saw it, but he dismissed it, basically. That's the part I'm I think he about. assumed that he was like seeing something and that he had like mistaken something. Yeah, that that's 
Okay, that's probably right. But when she she's seemed fine... more confident in the fact that she had seen this thing. Oh, she knows what she saw. She's down there firsthand. It basically licked her face. But, you know, when, when she's allowed to exit the turret, you know, the, the hatch kind of malfunctions and she's trapped down in there. And, you know, when she reacts, you know, I guess indignant about the crew's comments to her situation, um, they basically give up on trying to open the hatch and, like, the, they cut her comms off and... You know, she's basically down there to fend for herself. Nobody's really taking any any heed to her warnings. Um, but after seeing a Japanese scouting plane kind of appearing and disappearing in, in the clouds, really close to where they are, um, she gets attacked by this this gremlin. And it is a fantastic-looking little creature. Um, I mean, something definitely fed this thing after midnight, got it wet, hit it with some bright lights. I don't know what happened. Tried to sell it a bathroom, buddy. But she fights the thing off. And uh, she ends up injured. And, you know, when the, co- it looks the crew like con- a mix between a bat and a rat. And a monkey because it's got a little tail. Oh, it you, does have a tail, you see, huh? With yeah, you giant claws. Oh, yeah, huge claws and, like, really bad teeth. Um, <sighs> but, you know, the, the crew contacts her again to ask about what happened. Uh, a radio message comes in telling that um, a Maud Garrett does not exist. And Uh-oh. is not registered for her flight. Now, this is uh, where things kind of take a, a a crazy turn. They start to understand things a little bit. You knew that something was up. She wasn't just there to, you know, point A to point B and a monster's coming. There's got to be more twists and turns in there, right? But when they intend to, to take her out for questioning, Maud deliberately jams it to its gears. And she posts up. Uh, to defend herself when the Japanese plane reappears and attacks. So you got more than one enemy. You got the the plane and you got the gremlin. Um, she takes control of the turret and she shoots the plane down, which kind of gets some respect from the the, the the crew. So James, could you have used a little bit more gremlin in this film? Uh, yes. Yeah, I I feel like Maud has things coming from all directions. There's the misogyny of the crew, there's the gremlin, there's the enemy fighter pilots, and it feels like they each get a similar sized slice of the pie. I feel like the misogyny could have been half and half with the gremlin, could have done without the fighter pilots, maybe one or two scenes or something, Um, but I feel like I need more gremlin in this creature feature. Because these are some. I agree with that completely. Yeah, these are some slick little creatures, though. Like they would have been great as like primary primary enemy. James, you, you did know a good what job vibes picking this, this movie film. Kind of gave me though. What kind of vibes? I bet you could guess. Well, I'm thinking about gremlins, but well, not gremlins, but consider like a woman in a very like closed in environment, doubted by her crew members, seeing a creature that no one else is initially seeing. Nobody believes her. What does that sound like? Ah. Ah, yes. I know. You're going to say something fucking stupid. That's not what <laughs> I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll go the right route and say alien. Alien? Yeah. It has alien vibes. Maud is most certainly the Ripley of this film. Of this and I can film, see of that. course. I could definitely see that. Um... Man, there are probably some more parallels that can be drawn with that as well. I mean, there's plenty of... I mean, th- listen, there's no Hammer Tom Skerritt in this film. Whoa. Who do you think is the Hammer in Alien? Tom Skerritt? Yeah. I'm going to throw myself through your window. Listen, listen. 
Tom well, scary. scary. Well, ain't it though, James? I mean, like, listen, differing opinions for different people, you know. Um, like, I am a 40-year-old heterosexual male, and I'm here to tell you right now, pre-buzz-cut Tom Skerritt is hard to fucking deal with. He is a Super problem. Weaver is right there. He is a <laughs> She is right there. Look at her. Just look at her. Tom Skerritt with that long hair is somebody who cannot be dealt with. Sigourney Beaver was great, though. Like, it could be like 1A and 1B. She'd be the B, though. No. For B. No, we're kidding. Um, listen, we can agree to disagree all day, but there is no Tom Skerritt in this film. We hardly see the men of this movie. Oh, we see enough of them. Mm, we see too much of them, if you ask me. I mean, this could be just I... a, a 1V10 situation, but you got to have some cannon fodder. Right? I know, I know. But I kind of liked the solo thing with her just in the little stuck thing. Like, I liked... That was scary to me when the gremlin was trying to, like, break into the Great Gloss Elevator. And she's just in there and, like, hearing the guys talking. Like, it was more scary for me when it was an isolated journey. Well, it's not isolated anymore because as Maud is continuing to conversate with the crew we find out some very important information about Maud. she is not who she says she is as we said before she admits that she is actually married and used her maiden name as you know uh, her registration i guess um but she's still refusing to tell about her mission citing that it's confidential and that's believable um but then of course you know she sees a gremlin as it continues to sabotage the plane much like uh, the Twilight Zone, and eventually Dorn, who's another one of the assholes up top, he cites it too, but the others kind of disregard him. So now it's, you know, they're 0-2. But they're suspecting that Maud's assignment to the cause, or to be the cause, for everything that's going down. So they're kind of, I don't want to say they're piling on her, but, you know, Reeves gives the order to open the bag. And she's, you know, continuously, please don't open the bag. Please don't open the bag. Please don't open the bag. And what is in the fucking bag, Casey? Uh, baby a human child james i could not be prepared any less for this twist it was wild bill wild i tell you maybe the dingo ate your baby that dingo did eat that lady's baby and it's really sad to read about <sighs> i was trying to go the elaine bennis route but no we're gonna go a little bit deeper aren't we oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> well not only is there a baby in this bag there's a baby in the bag this this baby belongs to maud and one of the crew members fucking quaid they had an affair because maud's husband is also dickish and he treats her bad so maud yeah, and quaid sucks. yeah he sucks too and maud and quaid they had a little you know they ended up doing the hibbity dibbity all right and she ended up having child and there they are. And we know this because Quaid says, like, give me my baby or something like that. And they're like, what do you mean your baby? Craziest thing in the world. It's wild, James, just like you said. So basically, Maud is trying to escape her husband who was at the base. Um, She's taken several steps to do so. Several steps. And she, you know, deciding not to tell Quaid, who's the father of the baby, Maud faked her assignment to get away from her husband before he came to kill her and probably the baby. But just Which as uh, crazy. Oh, it's absolutely crazy. And, and like there's some crazy scenes in this film, you know, just 
visual scenes. Some outstanding work. Um, there are a couple of times when Maud has to save the bag from obvious sure death because it's just hanging there, flapping in the wind as a, a gremlin's trying to eat it alive. But, you know, just as Captain Reeves, you know, turns, you know, back to the airbase, uh, three more enemy pilots, you know, they come in and the gremlin, you know, boards the bomber. Um, he injures Quaid's, kidnaps the baby. Quaid's. Quaid and kidnaps the baby. Um, when the gremlin appears uh, before Maud with the baby in the bag, she, she exits the turret and fires her handgun at it. Uh, it kind of drives it off, but it leaves the bag hanging, you know, just like, like I said, flapping in the wind. Uh, kind of hanging from the hull. Um, you know, risking that climb, though, you know, Maud retrieves the baby and, you know, gets back on the plane through, you know, the, the opening for the now-blown-off Sperry. Um, I didn't even know what that was called until today, the Sperry. Uh, but the Gremlin attacks again um, and throws Taggart out of the plane. Taggart's the guy that looks like a dude from The Princess Bride. You know, inconceivable. But during this scene... Chloe Grace falls out of the plane, is hit with an explosion from underneath, and gets thrown back through the plane. One of the craziest things I've ever seen. But I no, love that it. was pretty silly. It was pretty silly. A lot of this movie's silly, though. Um, yeah, that was the point where I was like, okay. <laughs> well. I don't know. The gremlin, I can handle the baby in the box, whatever. Oh, wait a minute. Getting... You can handle a gremlin, but can't handle an explosion knocking you back up through a hole? Correct. Okay. I just want to know where we draw the line for absurdity. Yep. Good Lord. Can't, can't have nothing nice, James. Can't have it's nothing a, nice. It's a damn scary movie. What do you expect? Let, let a woman get blown up through the hole of a plane, James, right? I've put up with damn, uh, a hockey mask wielding idiot. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> Mad man hanging in a damn tree. Uh, just all kinds of weird shit. And we can't have an explosion. <laughs> to I'm be just fair, saying it was sillier than I thought the rest of the movie had been so far. James, not once have we put up with a hockey mask wielding idiot. That's true. <laughs> not even once. We have not done part three onward. Okay. You dealt okay. with a potato sack wearing an idiot. <laughs> God. Can't have anything. Well, the gremlin reappears and tries to snatch the baby one more time, but Maud catches up and finally kills it. Um, the gremlin. Yeah, on on the ground. And it was a really cool scene where they fight in the water. Um, you know you know, I had to say it, Casey. Um, Chloe Grace Moretz is not a do-nothing bitch. Of course not. She's an absolute hammer, and I will forever be a fan of Chloe Grace Moretz. But that's where... Uh, you know, it's where the, the movie ends. Um, they they watch the, uh, the the fool's errand explode, burn up, and we're left with uh, the credits rolling with some archival footage of uh, women serving in the British and American World War II Air Forces. So probably some of our wasps, our Anglo-Saxon something. <laughs> Protestants. Yeah, Protestants. Casey, what did the critics think of this movie? You know, watching the movie... I was really, really curious on what they were going to say. Could have gone either way, huh? Because to me, yes. And not to say I didn't dislike the movie, but it was, like I said before, pretty silly. So I was like, you know, sometimes critics aren't about that life. Sometimes mm -hmm. critics are really hard on some silly movies. But looking at this one, 
We have a 77% with the critics, but the audience score, this is one of the biggest disparities I've seen. Audience score is a 32. Audience 32 and critics what? 77. <sighs> That's a lot. But uh, we've got a good critic review and a bad one. Uh, the good one is Shadow in the Cloud is an enjoyable popcorn movie that promises in your seat jumps with a handful of gender politics thrown in for good measure. And then a bad one is more talk or more monsters pick a side shadow in the cloud and i think both of those things are true yeah the, both of those are fair but there's nothing wrong with a little girl power movie no definitely not i just wish there had been more monsters oh yeah of either you know of, of any gender right so girl monsters boy monsters don't give a fuck give me more monsters i agree and those are the bad ones that, that was the bad ones well did you did you say the good ones? No, I said uh, the first one was a good one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, okay. So the disparity between audience and critics. I wonder. I really do wonder what caused that big of a difference. Do we have enough sample size, really? Of I mean, it's a fairly new movie. It's two years old. I'm sure there's plenty of plenty of reviews out there. I don't know. That 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 is a big a big difference. Thirty-two and seventy-seven. Well, what are your final thoughts on this one, Final Girl? Um, pretty silly, but I appreciate some fun alien vibes, and I thought Chloe Grace Moretz really pulled her own in a movie where, for a great part of it, she was the only person on screen. Good call. James, I'm very, very happy with this pick. Um, I guess we would have to call it, uh, you know, an action horror, a lot more action than, than horror, but as a, uh, a creature feature, sometimes you just have to combat the creature, right? Not everything is a stalker flick. This one is very much the the type of film that we like to do here on Slashers and Screamers. And James, I think you outdid yourself with this one. And I guess we should go ahead and give me your final thoughts as well. I knew you'd like it, Bill. You liar. You thought I'd hate it. I thought it was a good movie. You did good, James. You did good. That's right. Always picking the good stuff, Bill. You rarely miss, James. You you do rarely miss. Um I bet Rick would have loved it, too. I would put money on the fact that Rick is a hater of this movie. <laughs> he doesn't even have COVID. He just didn't want to talk about the movie. Well, Rick can hate all he wants to, but this movie was reviewed. Oh, yeah. And his name's on it. His face is right there on the front of the, the podcast graphic art. That's right. I can, is... Rick called me and gave me his... Uh... Final quotes on this movie. Oh man, what'd he say? <laughs> uh, I it was a good movie. <laughs> that was a recording that Rick sent me earlier. Oh man. For this episode. Man. Uh, James, if um if if Rick were sitting here right now, what do you think he would say uh as his final thoughts of this movie? <laughs> that's exactly what i thought he'd say guys that's gonna do it for this episode of slashers and screamers um man we... close this out <laughs>